March 17th, 2020. This is episode 28 of the Tech Times Podcast. This is Mr. Fresh with the Tech Times Podcast. This is a special edition, and I'm interviewing Lemon, the CEO of BLR Rocket Technologies. Thanks for joining me this evening. Hello. Hi. How you been? Very good, thank you. You? Good, good, good. I know you've been pretty busy. We've been chatting uh, on Twitter off and on, um, usually, and I know you've been um, making the business move forward. I understand we may get to this a little later in the uh, in the podcast, but I understand that you have some uh, some good news and some status that you're moving along with, so uh, we'll get to that later. But first, we'll do the usual. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself and... Um, BLR Rocket Technologies, how it got started, your background, things of that nature. So I started BLR in around July after I saw a motherboard video of from Vice about Joe Barnard that owns BPS.space. Okay, yeah. And so I'm obsessed with SpaceX, and I see, oh, this dude's landing like modern rockets. I'm like, that's impressive. And so then I explore him more, and I'm like, I want to start this as well, because, you know, this seems to be like a booming area. So I start BLR. I launched the website about, like, a week later, and then that's how I decided to add engineer into my resume. So I pretty much knew nothing about model rockets, and the whole community has been helping me out, like Omar from Objective Space, um... David from Kana Rocket Technologies, all of them are just like helping each other out. And it's like a great community as well. You know, that's kind of, uh, that story is great. I really like that because as soon as you said, I know nothing about rockets, I think that's pretty much akin to uh, your friend, quote unquote, and mine, Mr. Musk. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. Yes. That's really cool. That's, that's actually uh, impressive to me that you, um, have come as far as you can as you have already it has nothing to do with the fact that uh you have attained some successes already but yeah i like that real cool and real so cool. i was pretty much born and grew up in new york started learning programming in 2016 okay i started off with python got pretty good at it and so i had no other coding knowledge so arduino is actually pretty good new to me no sort of like what even like a VCC or a ground pin is. I only knew a red and black wire up until BLR, which is kind of like, um, why do I even own a company? But, you know, welcome. <laughs> and that's pretty much, yeah. And now here we are. I own Binary INC, which is a software company for businesses that so they can order software on demand and also does open source software for the community sounds good sounds good i know we've talked about that in uh, a little bit in the past as well and that kind of is a good segue to the next question you sort of touched on it a little bit but uh let me ask anyway your first interest in amateur model rocketry you know i know that you're a huge fan of uh of elon musk but why rocketry as opposed to some other technology? To be honest, I feel like a rocketry, and especially like thrust vector control and other advanced control systems, is really like, it's not 
like it's always been for the last like 10 years, which is a solid rocket motor, three fins, possibly two stages if you're really creative. And so now it's like, welcome to 2020. You can now do such amazing stuff with an Arduino and some servos and a 3D printer. And it's becoming more and more accessible for everyone as well. Accessible is a good word, and um, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we all know those who are familiar um, listening to this podcast, this particular special episode, if you're interested in model rocketry, then the word Estes is um, very familiar to you, and that is solid motor three-fin rocketry. But what I found specifically interesting, or what I find specifically interesting, is you have BLR Rocket Technologies, you have Joe Junior Elon Musk Barnard, who's who has BPS Space, and you have a, a slew of other companies um, very active on Twitter with their own websites, just as BLR has. Yeah, just wait until um, the Securities and Exchange Commission comes after us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just so, you know, we'll get some emails. Then there'll be a massive disappearance of uh, of all the companies that we're referring to right now. But nevertheless, um, what's your take on the current state of TBC thrust vector control based model model rocketry? It's it's popular to those who are familiar with it. So in like the last like I, I want to say like maybe three to four years. It's really been grown really well by Mr. Barnard at BPS.space. Absolutely. And then, was like, and then it was recently picked up like two years ago by like other small companies like Delta Space Systems, to which it was grown into like this small beta stage. And like, look at me, I'm trying to like build it advanced model rocket technologies. To now, it's pretty much becoming the new era of model rocketry. So now the new generation don't remember rockets with fins, but now they think of modern rockets with thrust vector control and complex flight computers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because, um, yeah, we do have a whole generation from, I'm just going to guess when Estes got started. We have a whole generation from the 50s who have been dealing with single stage, low power Estes rockets. Um, some of the um, higher powered rockets are, are by SS and a number of other companies that have been in existence for decades as well. Um, and you just made me think of something I didn't think about, but I'd like to probably talk to one of these guys who've been around with NAR for a long time and ask them that same question because, yeah, it's no longer single stage, small, three fin, solid, solid motor rockets. It's everything is TVC and flight computer controlled. And I would probably say, maybe you can correct me because you may have been following a little bit closer, but it seems like Joe Barnard is kind of the uh, the uh, forefather, for lack of a better phrase, of um, TVC model rocketry these days. Well, that's totally correct. He's the one that started this whole thing and everyone just caught on, which also, which also kind of feels mean, but it's also like, welcome to the business world. But you have a great idea. You go on Shark Tank, 15 other Chinese or American companies come right after you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Indeed. That's great. Um, it's really exciting to see what um, BLR is doing. And um, I've been, I think, I, I don't know how to this day that I found you on Twitter, but I think it had to be back in uh, September of 2019. 
and you were the first TVC-based model rocketry business that I came across. Objective Space and Northern Aeronautics and as recent as Ayala Flight Systems, you know, all those companies have, are now very active on the internet, very active on Twitter. Everybody's doing their thing. They're making strides, moving forward technically and things of that nature, just as a SpaceX would do, for example. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty exciting. I'm very exciting to, very excited to see uh, what the developments have been. So give me a little bit of background on BLR's company milestones to date. So BLR's currently current milestones are fully coding PID code, which is pretty much your basic flight code that for pretty much every single model rocketry company does. And then now we also do AI for Blur or new flight, or pretty old, not new. Blurry is the new one, but Blur, which is our flight computer that runs artificial intelligence slash machine learning. And so what machine learning and AI brings is pretty much advanced safety and as well as your rocket could do much more than it could just with normal hard-coded pretty much software for a flight controller. And so pretty much the AI is 90% done, but that rest of that 10% is pretty much training it. Because once you have an AI, you kind of want it to perform what you, what you want it to do and not kill you, you know, immediately Elon Musk artificial intelligence takeover, but you know that they'll come later. You know we all die in the end. Um, <laughs> exactly. How is it? Um, how is it coming along in terms of the training the AI right now? Are you in the infancy stages, or can you say how far you are and what the challenges um, have been? Currently, training the AI, AI is almost impossible due to us. Well, pretty much me and some international co contractors and quotation marks right <laughs> not having a fully working flight computer since it still needs to be revised and whatnot and since we don't even have any flight data we can't simulate a flight to train it that makes sense and so you really need like five to ten flights in order to really get some actual good training data for like simulation or you could actually get the physical flight computer and like just kind of like spin it around or something and create a realistic flight which would be much easier but then it's also much worse in terms of accuracy of an actual flight so that's kind of the current progress of training the eye sounds good okay yeah that does make sense you, you definitely need real world data to Make the AI smarter. Uh, that's across any any sort of uh, AI application, as we know, whether it's facial recognition, which is uh, <laughs> going to be another subject of this particular podcast. There's just so much going on with that, but I digress. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're going to need a number of flights, or you're going to need highly simulated data to be able to uh, train that AI to do what it is that you want to do. Absolutely. So you're a new company. Um I haven't done any research with respect to how new BLR is versus Northern Aeronautics versus Ayala Flight Systems versus all the rest of them. But how is it in being a CEO and having a rocket technology startup so far? It's been pretty fun. You've had your ups and downs, but then 
Binary isn't also such a like new company. It was started about like end, end mid September of 2019 as a company to code flight code for other model rocketry companies. And then since pretty much like February 18th, it has changed its direction to just being a software company developing software for businesses and also coding in-house for open sourcing. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that brings me to a, um, a question I wasn't going to – actually, I was going to ask this question, but it's kind of split up. But now that you mentioned the origin of Binary and the time that it did kick off, I'll kind of ask a two-part question. Where do you see BLR Rocket Technologies in five years, and where do you see Binary in five years? So, I feel like in like think in five years, BLR would probably either be flying model rockets like nonstop, or model, this new era of model rocketry is kind of like the hoverboard that lasted for like half a year, and then it's going to die down until it just becomes like normal, and then companies will just eventually stop doing it, and only a few survivors like. Like small companies actually developed it really well for consumers, but actually survive and just continue making it. So that's what I'm going to say for five years. What I want to see them in five years is producing high quality code and actual flight computers and thrust factor control mounts to which a consumer could set them up in less than like 30 minutes and get their rocket flying as well as making that affordable for consumers. Those two aspects are are definitely uh, two aspects that would create much success because they're general foundational um, aspects of any company that wants to succeed in the market. So definitely wish you luck on both ends there for sure. In terms of binary, we kind of talked about what it is and what you would like to do with it. So I assume you have some desires for binary in five years as well. Uh, Our desires for binary is definitely to grow to a size where it could be self-fund itself, which would be nice since, you know, kind of like um, wallets can dry out. Um. I would like it to have a bigger open source community where you would have possibly thousands, hundreds of thousands of people on a forum sharing random bits of code or just like some, hey, I need code for my um, electronic charger. And then someone writes it for them in like 20 minutes and sends it over the forum. And so since they send it over the forum, it's also open source. You have one more bit of code also contributed by the community. And then also having open source code made by Binary, which could be funded pretty much by companies paying us to develop other code for them. And that's pretty much it. Sounds like a, uh, sounds like a viable business model. Absolutely. So it's definitely growing your community and not being this greedy company that just wants all the money and does open sourcing for publicity, but also growing a big community that if 
if ever we could just go straight to open sourcing and not do paid software coding anymore and just go straight to open sourcing and also generate a profit because people would want to support the project slash company. Good. Good. Absolutely. Here's a question that I want I just thought about, so it wasn't a pre-canned question, but we're on Twitter regularly and we're seeing what everybody's doing at the TVC model rocketry um, arena. What what are your thoughts about what you're seeing right now? Any anything that comes to mind? Any any thoughts about we we have Twitter, which is um an an open forum to see what everybody's doing and we t- we're tweeting what's going on. So everybody's seeing what's everybody else is doing. What are your thoughts? Or is it, is it uh, exciting for lack of a better phrase or are you, do you feel that all these TVC based model rocket companies are drawn from each other with expertise or ideas or what do you think? So being in this quote unquote industry of model rocketry, it's definitely like one company derives something from the other and one company does the same company derives something from another. And so it's like a tightly knit community and where everyone just shares ideas. And if you take that idea, they don't really care. And so it's sort of like, it's sort of a community of like open sourcing, but inside a small group, but then it's also competing in some ways at like a small scale. And so it, it makes absolutely no sense, but that's what's literally happening. As for the progress made and other stuff, I would say there is definitely a lot of progress made by, for example, Raz Space. I think his name is Eddie. Like he's made a lot of progress. He has a, like a carbon fiber rocket body airframe done already, and it looks beautiful, by the way. So it's definitely some companies are doing hardware faster than others. And some companies are just going straight to software. And so far, I've only been the one that's doing straight to software. Since I found hardware acceleration a bit harder than software. And so software is done, you just have to do hardware. And then people can be a little bit more patient for hardware. Hardware, Jesus Christ, English. <laughs> no, I, I see your point, and I think everybody is doing what their strengths are leading them to do, and that's a good thing because, again, you you have a lot of diversity on the development of the technology, um, so that's good to see. And like you said, every uh, everybody is taking it to various levels. I think I'm following Eddie uh, on Twitter as well. If not, I'll, I'll check my feed when we uh, uh, when we finish the interview and make sure that I see the developments that he's making. So. That sounds good. That sounds good. Robin. Gotcha. 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 All right. Well, what I'll do right now is kind of open up, uh, if I didn't already, uh, kind of open up the discussion to anything that you would like to discuss or anything that uh, you want to let the listeners know about the technology, about your th- extended thoughts of what you talked about already. Um, feel free. Yeah. I would like to say a few things. Um, First of all, I'd like to say a, we, we sort of have like this international partner program that's been a bit secretive and never publicly posted. And so if you check our emails at any given time, there'll be like 15 emails saying we would like to help BLR. 
And so pretty much I've had, his name was Ricardo and he's from Milan, Italy. And he's been helping BLRO in electrical engineering. And so he designed the blurry PCB, which is just amazing. And so we've been, I've been working really nicely with them. And then just in general for AI, some people say that it's going to be a bit dangerous and that if you don't know what the rocket's doing, it's going to be unsafe. Well, the point of the AI is to make the rocket safer. Since currently if you have PIED and it's coded wrong, then it's just going to go straight down and hit a cow, which, you know, it's kind of, hopefully doesn't hit a cow, but, you know. And so pretty much the AI would go by different measurements from sensors in the flight computer. And so it would go by altitude, angle at which it's at in any direction, and as well as just other things happening within the rocket that could be deemed unsafe. And I'll just deploy the parachute. And this has been developed, but um, having a small two milliliter, pretty much almost container that could spray foam in order to stop, oh God, I can't think of a word. Oh God, to put out a motor. If it's if it deems it really unsafe and if it has to stop accelerating, it'll just pretty much unpressurize the tank and it'll just kind of deploy the two milliliters of foam or water or whatever you put in there. And so that would that would be a possible safety feature. We can't promise that though, you know. Or a sec would come after us again. You know. Wrongful, whatever we're doing. So for example, if it's pitching over too much, it might deploy the parachute even if it's accelerating since if it starts tipping down, it'll naturally just flip back up because of the parachute and drag. And so it'll pretty much, I can't really share too much, but it'll definitely be much safer. And I think having AI control a rocket is much cooler. Uh, I, f- I feel like kids would find that more fun. I'm not sure, but you know, you, you got to look at it in every way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, that last statement you made uh, kind of brings me back to the former statement about we've got our Estes solid motor three fin fans over the many, many decades. And now, of course, we're in 2020. And um, it would be interesting to see that if TVC rocket technology from an uh, amateur standpoint takes off how we'll get kids involved in this technology just like they're involved in coding and and robotics and things of that nature so i'm hoping that it takes off just at least from that respect only because you'll only develop um future bright minds in that area that that should be pretty cool yeah motor rocketry is pretty much um like stem and so if you could say, if you could give kids a project, like teachers could be, like develop um, like a mini TVC mount out of whatever supplies you could find. Exactly. And so kids would, do, and kids will like look up pictures and see like, oh, that's uh, Delta Space Systems TVC. Let me see how the inner gimbal looks. That's BLR's TVC. Let me see how the outer gimbal works. And so they would just put it together or something and maybe make like a DIY rocket out of paper or whatever. 
And so that would be kind of a fun project. And so it's, it's really how you give it to kids is that they'll find it fun. If you give it to kids saying that this is unsafe, dangerous, and it could kill a cow, then they'll not find it fun. If you say this is fun, it'll increase your learning experience. If the kids like learning, if they don't, well, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry for the bad comedy. But <laughs> you know what you signed up for. Um. <laughs> okay, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Is there anything you'd like to leave with your listeners before we close out? Yeah, sure. Definitely support other projects. And I'm definitely not the only one that's doing TVC and other things. And I definitely don't have the most progress. First, I would like to thank everyone listening and tolerating my terrible comedy. And I would like to thank everyone that helped me when I started out with BLR, and I cannot wait for the exciting things ahead in the Model Rocketry segment. Um, I would like, I'd also like to thank the Tech Times podcast for bringing me on. And for anyone that's interested, you can find me on Twitter at BLRCEO, or you can look at the great company BLR at Inc. BLR and the new company Binary at Inc. Binary. Again, thanks for bringing me on, and have a